Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a few moments to join us as we take a look at the book. We're talking about the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is one of the apocalyptic books, along with Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation. The ancient Jewish prophet Zechariah had a perspective on the end times like you'll not find in any other prophetic book in the entire Bible. Well, we're going to take a moment to listen to a portion of the second part of a six-part series from Zechariah, this one entitled Visions of the Gentiles. How do Gentiles play into the end-time activities that God's Word tells us about? And who are the Gentiles? Well, that's what is going to be answered as we listen to this study by Zechariah. So let's go together to take a look at the book and listen, and I'll come back and tell you how you can get your own copy of this six-part series from Zechariah entitled The Zechariah Prospective. And now let's take a look at the book. We're going to look today, though, at the vision that God gives about the Gentiles. Now, before we do that, let's, let's see when the Gentiles came into existence. Look back over with me to the book of Genesis. That's the book of beginnings. Look back over. Do you understand that in the first 2,000 years of human history, from the time that God created man until Abraham, that's 2,000 years approximately, in that 2,000 years, there was only Gentiles upon the face of the earth. That's all. 2,000 years. Genesis 1 to Genesis 11, only Gentiles. Jews come into existence in Genesis chapter 12. So you have Gentiles and Jews from Genesis 12 to Acts chapter 2. That's another 2,000-year period of human history. Then from Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost until Revelation 22, you have all three strands, Gentiles, Jews, and Christians. Now notice when I said that took place, Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts 1, there are no Christians around. Only Gentiles are Jews. No Christians in the Old Testament, only Gentiles and Jews. If you're going to understand prophecy, you've got to understand this bottom line foundational principle. You can't put the church back in the Old Testament and understand what God's saying prophetically. You can't put the church in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and understand what God's saying prophetically. You've got to put the church or the Christian where he's supposed to be, the Jew and the Gentile in their separate locations. How do the Jews come into existence? I mean, how do the Gentiles come into existence? Well, let me say it was like this. You remember how Genesis unfolds, don't you? Genesis chapter 1, creation. Genesis chapter 2, the special effects of creation. Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 5, genealogies. Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8, Noah and the flood. Genesis chapter 9, Noah after the flood. Genesis chapter 10, genealogies. Genesis chapter 11, the tower of Babel. Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Did you get that? Let's see if you got that. Genesis chapter 1 is what? I knew you'd get that one. Genesis chapter 2 is what? Special effects of creation. Genesis chapter 3 is what? Fall of man. Genesis chapter 4 is what? Story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 5 is what? Everybody gets genealogies. Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 is what? Noah and the flood. Genesis chapter 9 is what? Noah after the flood. Genesis chapter 10 is what? Genealogies. Genesis chapter 11 is what? Tower of Babel. Genesis chapter 12 is what? Call of Abraham out of Ur of the counties. And that's 2,000 years of human history. And that's when the Gentiles are here on the earth. And that's when all the enemies of Israel are brought into existence. How do I know that? I read one of the genealogies. Look at chapter 10. 
Now, Genesis chapter 10 is the genealogy when? After the flood. All were wiped out. Every person in mankind was wiped out except eight people. Noah, his three sons, and the four wives. Eight people on the face of the earth dropped down in the area of modern-day Turkey. The first command God ever gave to Adam and Eve was in chapter 1, verse 28 of the book of Genesis, where he said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. That was the very first commandment. Now, we've tried to reverse that commandment today. We say we're overpopulating the earth. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. Did you know you can take the entire population of the earth, give them two square feet, every person, five and a half billion people, two square feet, and stand everybody in Jacksonville, Florida? Do you understand that? If you don't believe it, just mathematically, call up Jacksonville, ask them what their square mileage is, and divide it by five and a half billion. I've done it. You, every person can have two and a half, I mean, two square feet, and everybody, and we get a little crowded maybe, but it's, you know, all stand there. And in fact, you know what you could do? You could take the state of Texas and break the, all the earth into four members in each family and give everybody a lot with a house on it in the state of Texas. We're not overpopulating the earth. We're all just accumulating in one place. What God, you know why the problem is? What God say to do? Well, look at chapter 9, verse 1, just a second. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Replenish the earth. Everybody's gone. Go out there and fill the earth up, Noah. Start with A.W. and replenish the earth. Chapter 10. What happens? Here he's starting to give the genealogy. By the way, chapter 11 is the story of the Tower of Babel. You know what happened? Old Nimrod, who's brought up, and I'll show you, he's one of the boys. He's a grandson of Noah. He comes forth, and he decides he's not going to do what God said to do, so he goes to Babel, modern-day Iraq, where Babylon is. And he said, I'm going to build me a great city, and I'm going to put up a monument that will reach into heaven to show my greatness. That's when God had to come down and disperse them. See, sometimes God tells us to do something, we don't do it. Then he has to intercede and force it to happen. And he uses his very interesting, unique ways to make that come about. And so he spreads them out on the face of the earth. But let's see who these children were. Chapter 10, now you can find some good things in genealogies. How many of you love to read the book of Numbers for quiet time? So-and-so begot so-and-so begot so I mean, that's a great quiet time, boy. You can get a lot out of that. <laughs> but you can get something good out of, out of genealogies. Look here in chapter 10. Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, and Ham, and Jepheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. Now, look at here. And the sons of Jepheth, Gomer. Oh, if you know anything about prophecy. Ezekiel chapter 38. That's Turkey. Magog. Oh, now you're moving into the area of Russia. Isn't that interesting? These boys are coming into existence way back yonder, 4,500 years ago. Oh, and Medea, that is the Medes. You know who the Medes are? The Kurdish people in northern Iraq, eastern Iran, western, I mean, western Iran, eastern Turkey. The Medes, the Kurdistan people. Look here, going on chapter 10, verse 2, and Tubal and Meshach. 
other names for modern-day Turkey. Verse 3, and Togomar. All of these names mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 1 to 6. Those people, that coalition of nations who's going to come against Israel, come into existence right after the flood. Oh, that's nothing. Look at right here. Boy, this is even better. Look at verse 6. Oh, by the way, verse 5 on the way by says, But these are the isles of the Gentiles. He establishes the Gentile world. Now look on down in verse 6. And the sons of Ham. Now, if I was to ask you right now, I'm not going to pick on anybody and embarrass anybody, but if I was to ask you, where did the Arab people come from? 99 and 44, 100% of the people will say, I know where the Arabs came from. They came from Ishmael. And they are all children of Father Abraham. Wrong you are. You see, we've been propagated a falsehood by the media, by some so-called Bible teachers who were telling us that everybody comes in the Middle East from Father Abraham. So why is there a big problem between the Jew and the Arab? All of them come from Father Abraham. Because, see, they came through Ishmael. Now, wait a minute. Chapter 16 of Genesis tells us about Ishmael. Remind me, without looking, if you can, or if you have to look, remind me, who was Ishmael's mother? Where was she from? Oh, it's pretty far, hard for Ishmael to be the father of the Egyptians if that's where his mother came from. Ever stop to think about that? Let's see what the word says. Before Hagar ever came on the scene. Look here, verse 6. And the sons of Ham, Cush, that's Ethiopia, and Mizram, that is Hebrew for Egypt, <laughs> and put Libya. Mm. Now we've got Ethiopia, Arab country, Libya, Egypt. Father Abraham even isn't even on the scene yet. Let's continue on. Verse 8, and Cush begot Nimrod. He became a mighty man. Verse 9, a mighty hunter. Verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Babel. Where is Babel? That's modern-day Iraq. Another Arab country. And Ishmael is not even on the scene. Wow, these guys are not from Father Abraham. I wonder what Arabs were talking about. Then look over in chapter 10, verse 20. 21, rather. Unto Shem also, the father of the children of Eber, who are now going to become the Hebrews, or the Jewish people. Then look down in verse 22. The children of Shem, Elam, which will become modern-day Iran. Now, that's not an Arab country, but that's where they come from. And then it says, Aram, that is Syria. Syria is in that territory, back in chapter 10, verse 11, where it says, out of Nimrod comes forth Babel, or Babylon, and then going forth out of him is Asher. He goes to a place called Nineveh. Babel was the capital of the Babylonian Empire. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Two peoples that tried to wipe out the Jews. 
In chapter 11 of 1 Kings, when the Jews separated, 10 went in the north, that's Israel, 2 stayed in the south, that's Judah. When that happened, in 722 B.C., the Assyrians came in from Nineveh out of Nimrod. In 586 B.C., the Babylonians came in out of Nimrod. Out of one man comes two people to wipe out the Jewish people, and none of them from Father Abraham. Isn't that interesting? Thank you so very much for joining us as we have taken a few moments to take a look at the book, the book of Zechariah, one of the 17 prophetic books found in the Old Testament. Zechariah's Perspective on the End Times is a series, a six-part series on CD, an audio series that will help you understand the times in which we're living. We listened just a few moments ago to a portion of the second part in this six-part series, Visions of the Gentiles. If you would like your own copy of this study in Zechariah, you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America. Call and order your copy of the Zechariah Prospective, a six-part audio series on CD, and study the book of Zechariah so you can understand better the times in which we're living. You can go to our website and also purchase this six-part series. Our website address, www.prophecytoday.com. That's the Zechariah Prospective, a look at the end times. By the way, thank you so much for joining us. This is Jimmy DeYoung saying that in light of what we have studied in the book of Zechariah, Jesus Christ could come at any moment to call us up to be with him at the rapture. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... 